Good morning, church family. Uh, some of you I don't hear. Good morning, church family. Thank you. It's cold. And so you need, you know, we need to warm ourselves up. I'm happy to be here again and to share the word of God with you. It's uh, been a long time. Um, many of you haven't uh, seen me and I haven't seen many of you. Um, just to give you an update, I have been attending the Fond du Lac Church, so not too far away. Uh, and, and some of you may have already known that uh, there's been some major changes, changes in my life. Um, I, I got married four months ago, and, uh, and my wife, beautiful Claudia, is here with me. And, uh, and for in June, at the end of June and July, we'll be having a new addition to the family. And we ask that you keep us in prayers. And uh, we have uh, some friends from visiting from Fond du Lac as well, and some of them, uh, many of you already have already uh, seen them, met them before. And like I said, I'm happy to be here, but I'm cold. And if it doesn't get <laughs> too comfortable, I might uh, come down and get my coat. Uh, and, you know, um, being a Caribbean boy, a true Caribbean boy, if it's below 70, it's cold. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so... Let us uh, have a word of prayer. Most gracious Father, thank you for bringing us here today to worship you, to commune with you, and to learn from you. We ask that you be with each and every one of us. Be with me as I uh, share your word with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, I'm going to share with you a story that you may have heard before, or many of you. And I heard it while I was a child growing up in Sabbath school class. But you may not see the parallel between the scripture reading we just had and this text that I'm going to read that would be the basis of my sermon. But they are connected because it's all about God rescuing us. The title of my sermon is Rescue for the Stranded. I believe on this earth we are stranded, but our rescue comes from the Lord. I'm going to share with you the story of Peter. Walking on water, or at least attempting to walk on water. Let's open our Bible through Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 33. And as you will follow, I will be reading for you. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And I have to say, as you will see, it's the, the story happened right after Jesus fed thousands uh, of people who were hungry. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat battered by the, wave, by the waves was far from the land, for the wind was against them. 
And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you underwater. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking underwater and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong winds, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his, reached out his hand and caught him and saying to him, you of little faith. Why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The story of Peter walking on water or his attempt to walk on water is none. Like I said before, to almost all of us. But there are important points that I would like to make. The story is not just about Peter. It's about all of us today. It's about how we live our life of faith in times of trials. So as we consider it, let us ask ourselves, where am I in this story? As you may have already known, the story is in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. But I chose the, the one from Matthew because it provides more important details that will help us learn lessons from it today. Regardless of our life situation today, I want this sermon to be a word of encouragement to everyone here, and that includes me. So if you have heard me before speaking, you may have heard this. I usually have a sermon for myself, but I am sharing it with you. I'm not up here because I'm better than anybody, but I share those stories because I feel there's something in and them for me, and I hope it will be the same for each and every one of you. There are four significant factors in this story that I want to draw your attention on. By the end of the sermon, I would like each of you to learn at least one lesson from them. Here, here are the factors, the four factors, and we are going to repeat them because I'm going through them throughout the sermon. Fear. Let's repeat that. Fear. Doubt. Faith and salvation. Okay, what are they? Fear, doubt, faith, and salvation. We will see throughout the story all how all through all four of them get inside of the story in and out. You will see that. And as we saw in the uh, scripture that I read. I'm going through them. But there are some symbolism that are in this story. And I want to point them out as well. And I also want you to remember them. So here they are. The storm, what does it represent? The storm represents difficulties of all sorts that we face in our life. We each have our own. They are our storms. The boat represents our comfort zone. 
in this particular context. The contrary winds, they represent messages of discouragement. They represent false doctrine. They represent compromise. They represent other trials that we face now in life as well. They are contrary winds. Walking on water. Walking on water is an act of faith. But it represents the thing that we naturally are unable to accomplish on our own. That's what we call in this story, walking on water. How many think we can walk, we can, well, right now, probably with the weather, we can probably walk a few uh, yards on Lake Winnebago. But I bet in the summer we can't do that. Well, I don't know for you, but I can't. Let alone, I don't even know how to swim. <laughs> but let's start analyzing those factors. Fear, faith, fear, doubt, faith, and salvation, how they play in this story. What is fear? According to the online Webster Dictionary, fear is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by the anticipation or the awareness of danger. Let me read that again. It's not that you don't know it, but let me read this particular definition for you. It is an unpleasant and often strong emotion caused by the anticipation or the awareness of danger. I'm not even going to ask how many of you uh, have been afraid of anything. You know, we all face our on situation where we are uh, situations where we are afraid. But also, fear is a prof- profound reverence. And our, especially toward God. We'll see that a little bit in the story. In verse 26, we learn that the disciples were troubled. They cried out of fear. They did not recognize Jesus. You can imagine in the middle of the night, according to some um, research, the story happened, when, what they call the fourth, uh, uh, fourth uh, at the time of the... Uh, uh, of the night where it was between three, uh, between three and six in the morning. I think uh, the third watch they call it. And they cried out of fear. They did not recognize Jesus, an object walking on water. When it got closer, they recognized, well, they probably think it was a ghost. But in the end, when Jesus identified himself, they recognized that was Jesus. In the Bible, it is mentioned more than 70 times the expression, fear not. Fear not. And it is one expression that is held up more than any other human expression that we know in the Bible. Fear not. You will see that. So if you have your fears, you're not alone. And we all have been through serious challenges, serious times of fear. We all have have our challenges to face, regardless of what they are. And each have our particular ones. Usually when we are facing our challenges, they cause us to experience fear. Many of us today are dealing with health challenges, emotional distress, unemployment, financial burden, family problems, challenges at school, challenges at work, job insecurity, foreclosure, spiritual problems, and the list can go on and on. Over and over, the message of the Bible is fear not. When Abraham took his family to the promised land, he feared that 
he was turning his back on everything he already knew. His security for the unknown, his security, he was afraid of the unknown. He wasn't secure. But God spoke with him and said, fear not, Abraham, I'm your shield and your reward will be great. And I believe today, regardless of what you're facing, God has the same message for you too. Fear not. I'm your shield and your reward will be great. When the Israelite people stood at the, in front of the Red Sea and could see the Pharaoh's army coming behind them, they didn't know what to expect. The army, strong army is coming on the horizon and they cried out of fear. They were afraid they were all going to be slaughtered. But Moses, the leader, said to them, Stand still, fear not, and see the salvation of God. Today, regardless of what you're facing, same thing. Stand still, fear not, and see the salvation of God. Now let's take a look at doubt. Very often, fear causes us to doubt. What is doubt? Webster Dictionary also describes, defines doubt as an uncertainty of belief or opinion that often interferes with decision making. Let me read that again. An uncertainty of belief or opinion that often interferes with decision making. When we doubt, it has some effect on our decision making. To be afraid or to doubt in the face of danger is a common human reaction. Many times we experience moments in which we realize that our challenges are impossible to overcome. Yes, very often we see that. We can't, we don't see how we are going to take care of some issues, how we are going to handle some challenges that we have in front of us. But we often also have we think that we are too limited to carry our challenges out. In this story, we see that the disciples did not recognize Jesus. Peter, later on, he did. However, there are two instances in this story where he did not, he, in which he, did, he clearly expressed, expressed his doubts. First of all, he asked, Lord, if it is really you, command me to come on the water. Clearly did not recognize Jesus at first. If it is you, if it is really you, command me to come under water. And the second instance is he noticed the strong winds as he was walking toward Jesus after Jesus commanded him to come in the water. He takes he took his eye his eyes off Jesus and sees the next big wave headed for him and it drowns and it drowns on him that Wow, maybe I can't do this. What was I thinking when I started walking on the water? But what Peter failed to realize, he wasn't walking on the water with his own power. He was about to walk on the water because God, Jesus, allowed him to do so. Peter asked Jesus, uh, Jesus asked Peter, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Have you ever felt that way in many situations in your life? I certainly have in many situations. My friends, our doubts prevent us 
from remembering an important message from the Bible. And it's found in Philippians 4, verse 13. And I know you all know it. Let's say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say that again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, indeed. Our doubts prevent us from keeping our eyes locked on Jesus, our Redeemer. What does this song say? Let us sing it together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Peter failed in his attempt because he did not, his eyes, locked on Jesus. He did not. Have you ever watched any football game where you see a player running free for a touchdown, and then when he think he made it, because he got distracted, cheering to the crowd before he made the touchdown, and another player come behind and knocked the ball out of his hand, did not keep his eye on the ball, on the finish line. How many times have we gotten distracted in our spiritual life? Faith. Peter took the first few steps at Jesus' coming, but he allowed himself to become distracted. How many times have we done that in our life? How many times have we done that in our walk toward Jesus? We already know how the Bible defines faith. And one of my favorite definitions of faith is found in Hebrew chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of, of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, at the same time, the Bible provides us the best definition of faith. But many people define faith in their own ways. And some good, some not. Some you like, some you won't like. Some I like, some I don't like. But there's one that captured my attention. It's very practical. It's by Martin Luther King Jr. He, say, he once said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the staircase. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the staircase. So that's one I like. Yes, it's not the one found in Hebrew, but I like it. It's practical. But it, all, it is also my understanding that some people define faith in their own ways. Some people have their faith in government. Some people find, have faith in political leaders. Some people have faith in their boss, and so on and so on. But I've also heard, and you see that I take examples of athletes in sports because I'm a sports fan. And I've heard sometimes during interviews that athletes say, well, I was about to, we, made, we were able to make that touchdown because I had faith in my teammate. Well, that's not the best definition of faith. My friend, true faith requires that we leave our comfort zone and take our troubles to the Lord in prayers. Peter had to leave the boat at the risk of his own life. Peter showed an act of faith. 
He had to be on the sea in order to learn both of his own weakness and the power of his God. If Peter, if Peter had never taken such a risk, he probably would not have had the opportunity to learn the meaning, the true meaning of faith at that particular moment. Faith sometimes involves venturing out, doing things that we had never dreamed of, and trusting that God will take care of us. Faith helps us understand that we must call on Jesus when we need deliverance from our difficulties, from our challenges. When Peter started sinking, he called on Jesus, as we see in verse 31. We've seen what is fear in that particular story. We've seen how doubt played a role in this particular experience. And we see faith also, an act of faith on the part of Peter. But Peter got into trouble. What did he do? According to the story, he called on Jesus. He called on Jesus. Peter lost his faith. He doubted. He feared for his life once again. However, Jesus, Jesus, the Savior, the Redeemer, the Rescuer, he would not miss on an opportunity to teach Peter some important lesson about his weakness. But he also wanted to Peter and the disciples to see, yes, you'll be in trouble, but I will come, and I will come to rescue you. I will come to save you, regardless of your fear, regardless of your doubt, regardless of your lack of faith. When we develop and maintain a relationship with the Lord, it is very beneficial to us, certainly. But when we face storms, he will be there for us and tell us, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And in times, the storms of our life will, will, will pass. Sometimes before we notice them. We, very often, when we start sinking, our first reaction is to try to save ourselves. How about if we do like Peter did? We called on Jesus. We cried out to him. Lord, save me. He cried out to Jesus for salvation. My friends, we need to rely on Jesus' strength and not our own strength. When times are difficult, we must call on Jesus. He will pick us up. He will save us. As individuals, when times are difficult, we must always remember to call on Jesus first. Seek first the kingdom of God. As a group, as a church family, as a district, when times are difficult, let's remember, we have a redeemer. We have a savior that can come and rescue us. We must call on Jesus for salvation, for he, for he is the way. He is the way to salvation. He is the only way we, through which we can be saved. He will save us from the storms of sin. He will save us from the storms of weaknesses. He will stay, save us from the storm of discouragement, from the storm of doubt, from the storm of fear, storms of difficulties of all sort that we, have, we may have in our life. 
Jesus is the merciful son of God. As we see at the end of that story. And throughout the Bible. And throughout many, many other stories. Many other testimonies we see today. He has rescued Jesus is the same yesterday and today. He's the same Jesus who can come and rescue us in our times of trouble, in our times of difficulties. Remember first that Jesus came, I mean, he went to, to the disciple because he knew what was going on. He brought us the rescue. It's not like we are in trouble, we, um, we go to the police station and say, I'm in trouble, come and rescue me. No. But Jesus, in our situation, he walked, he come to us, even when we don't recognize him. He, he, he come to us, he comes to us to provide us with salvation. No matter how dark it seems, no matter how alone we feel in the uh, on the sea, Jesus never forsakes us because we are his own. At the moment we need him the most, he will be there for us. I know we all are facing difficulties. We all are facing storms right now. But I pray that God will send the Holy Spirit so we can help, so we can be able to identify the voice of Jesus saying to us, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. If you have some time later on today, while you are thinking about this story, maybe you are thinking about the story of your life as well, I encourage you to go through those songs. I like the text, the lyrics of the hymnals, because they tell us so much. And sometimes we get lost in the music that we don't pay attention to what we are saying in those songs. I select three for you today, and I sang one already. Anywhere with Jesus. Check your hymnals. And if you don't have a hymnal at home, you have internet, you can even Google that. Google is the thing right now, right? Google anywhere with Jesus, you will see the lyrics, what it says. Anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. Turn your eyes upon Jesus in our times of trouble, let's turn our eyes on Jesus. Let's always remember that he can provide us with rescue, the perfect rescue, the perfect salvation. And another one, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. They are in the hymnals. But you can Google them. You can Google them as I said before. Another one, what a friend we have in Jesus. How many friends do we have like that? Jesus promised that he will come and rescue us because we are living right now in the middle of storms. He will come. He promised us that. And then in one of the places in the Bible where he said that we have the assurance that he will come to rescue us is in John 14, verse 1 to 3. John 14, verse 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it, is, if, if it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may also. What a message. What a message of assurance that we have. What a friend we have in Jesus. We can go anywhere with him. But we must keep our eyes locked on him. Today, this is my message for me. That I wanted to come here and share that with you. Let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus in our times of trouble. Because he surely will come and rescue us. Heavenly Father, at this moment we ask that you send us your Holy Spirit to help us recognize your presence, the presence of your son Jesus in our life, the presence of your son coming to our rescue. We pray that through faith, the faith of Jesus, that you help us remain focused on you through your son Jesus. We pray that your Holy Spirit can bring us the faith of Jesus so we can be able to walk, so we may be able to walk on water as it was illustrated in that story. Be with each and every one of us on our daily life. Be with those who were not able to make it for today, in here today for particular reason. Be with us as we go in our separate ways until we meet again. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.